This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Mediocrity in music is everywhere. And mediocre artists often team up with really talented people. Is your band this talented? And is this you? We here at the James Labrie Marketing Firm pride ourselves on making sure the world doesn't recognize how mediocre you are. The, the, uh, I mean, everything was good except the give, your, the give yourself and the me. That's all I'm to was good. What the fuck was that? You should have just said do it again. No, it's, it's good. We can comp that. We're not here to protect the talent in the band. We're here to make sure you think you are the talent in the band. Tobias Forge, the mastermind behind ghosts, <clears throat> is our client. And does anybody think he's mediocre anymore? Oh, no, he was sniffing glue in the parking lot. This motherfucker is so evil, he makes us hate each other. Well, sometimes we sell delusions. The James Labrie marketing firm. Fuck the talent. Take all the credit. Motherfucker. <laughs> This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Welcome, welcome. Wow, I, why'd you make the stingy sound? Oh, I sucked in my spit. Yeah, welcome, welcome, people. Wow, you really creeped it up now. It's like one minute you're sucking and spit, now you're just making everything creepy. Metal Sucks Podcast. This is I a am, big moment that we're about to have. This is a big moment. We're going to talk... Uh, decapitated in a minute. However, wow! This is Petra Speich. I am one of the co-hosts at the Metal Sucks Podcast. My co-host always is Brandon Hahn, and we will start off with some sad news. But first, guys, wait, uh, wait. What's more sadder than the decapitated situation? I, okay, okay. This is you're, you're, our news. Will not, won't be sadder than the decapitated situation. But you know who we're interviewing this week? Let me spit that shit out. Try spit it out. <sighs> Okay, suck it in. <laughs> suck it in. Mike Lassard from the Contortionist Vocalist, guys. We'll be talking about the Clairvoyant, which does come out this Friday, the 15th of September. We will be playing a couple tracks off that. And now straight to the sad news, guys. Um, I don't know if you know this, but me and Brandon, we've been doing this podcast now for about 35 episodes. Right? Mm-hmm. Brandon had enough. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's not that. No, so uh unfortunately uh when you have talent, guys, uh people want you all the time and uh you have to go to the best case scenario. Brandon got offered a thing he could not refuse and he will be leaving the Metal Sucks podcast. Unfortunately. Um but I will let him kind of touch base on that a little bit. I mean, know? you pretty much just said it. I I got an opportunity I really can't walk away from and uh I mean, it sucks because I really do enjoy doing this podcast. When Pete came to me with this podcast idea, he's like, we should try out for it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. We're not good enough. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't know. Nobody likes bits. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We thought that. No, and then that's it. But then, you know, Pete was like, dude, let's just do it. And we did it. And it ended up being such a great experience. You know, Vince and Axel, thank you guys. The guys who run Metal Sucks. It was, I don't know. It's very bittersweet. I uh, I really, I don't want to leave, but I have to. And that's what the fans need to realize out there is that uh, our other podcast, Rise to Offend, nothing changes there. Uh, in no way, shape, or form is that a conflict of interest with Brandon's new gig. Uh, it's simply because we are interviewing me- metal bands over here, and he's going to be more on the rock side. But it is the same in a lot of ways, so he can't miss out on that opportunity. However, 
like I said, our other podcast, Rise to Offend, nothing changes there. And uh, I have a really close metalhead friend, if you guys have ever heard that podcast, one of our... Yeah, uh, it was pretty easy. Like, who, 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 who should we get to replace Brandon? Who should we get to replace Brandon? Who should we get to oh, replace Brandon? Who, who's more talented than Brandon? More talented? Yes. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, she knows she is. <laughs> it's me. It's her. <laughs> oh, it's her, the new co-host you. of the Metal Sucks podcast, guys. I want to introduce fuck you to you. Brandon, Brandon will say fuck both of us, but, the uh, he, you know, he's on the way out. Fuck him. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, get I get it. I get it. Kick rocks, son. Kick rocks. The new host, guys, of the Metal Sucks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, introduce you to comedian extraordinaire, the new talent of the show, Jocelyn Sharp. Hi, guys. Hey. Stand Hi. your ground. Yeah, that's me. And the reason we have that sounder for <laughs> Jocelyn Sharp is because she has a stand your ground tattoo. It was pre-Zimmerman. Listen, pre-Zimmerman. we have to talk decapitated. You can't defend yourself today. <laughs> Listen, it has nothing to do with the stand your ground law. It just was something my mom said to me, and I got it tattooed on me one night because I had $500 and I was 18. Okay? Mm, okay, so she, sure. doesn't, she doesn't listen to the It lead. has nothing to do with your strong dislike of people of color. No, no. (laughs) What? I'm in no way, shape, or form a racist. Or people that don't speak American. (laughs) Jocelyn. Yeah, because that's a language. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, and Brandon will be on for the next three. This is four episodes from today. So three more from today. So we're going to haze the shit out of Jocelyn before she takes over and and drops the talent for sure. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got hazed. I got the shit hazed out of me right now. We're going to keep hazing you too. I'm safe because I'm dad. You got to haze in and haze out. You know, blood in, blood out. I know how you feel. Haze in, haze out. (laughs) Walk the gauntlet. (laughs) Well, speaking of hazing, well, that's a horrible segue. Oh, God. Not a good segue, Pete. <laughs> not a good segue. Okay, no. I do apologize. Guys, we have a very sad news story this week that we're touching on. And uh, let me just explain why we're late. I don't Usually, know if it's so much sad or just anger-inducing. It's like, anger-inducing at this point. It was sad when we first heard it. It's strange yeah. and confusing. And, well, uh, it's sad when we first heard it because we just got done recording an episode with this band. This was literally, pre-rape. Literally like a minute after. Yeah, this is deja vu, guys, for Brandon and Jocelyn and us doing this transition because um, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that I? I interviewed Vogue. Yeah, the right. reason why the reason why the show didn't come out on Monday is because our episode was decapitated. Yeah, and then when the news broke out over the weekend, we we finished the episode Saturday. The news broke out right after our I mean, episode. Yeah, it was like fifteen minutes after we recorded. And so um, Monday came out. You know, obviously the episode's in the Dropbox, and I'm talking to Vince and Axel via email. Like, okay, is there pros and cons here? Should we promote the band right now? Because right, at that time, it was just a kidnapping charge which is still very big. So we don't want to like, hey, we only don't- person to ever say just a kidnapping okay. charge. Just a kidnapping charge. <laughs> just a- to me, it got worse. That's why I said it like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these kidnappers. Just, just kidnapping. When are they going to learn? <laughs> so- <laughs> Those mischievous kidnappers. <laughs> so at the time, scamps. it was, uh, <laughs> oh, who's getting hazed now, bitches? <laughs> right, right. That's you. That's so, always you. So, so <laughs> after... <laughs> It's always me. It really is. When you two in the room, it's over for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just say so many things that are so haze-worthy. I yeah, know. yeah. Know. So, okay. You're like so a human comedian Mad Libs. It's yeah. like insert punchline here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. What? Um, um, let, me do, let me do the straight guy. Okay, and you the straight guy. Well, I have too much talent in the room right now. Usually <laughs> it's just you, but now when I got Jaws to the left it's of me, too much. you two are just going to much riffing. And so, so, so Monday, obviously. I'm trying, I'm trying to show everyone that I'm more talented than Jocelyn on this episode. I know. That's, that's right. You got three Don't weeks worry, to go. Gucci, you're pretty, too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Monday, obviously, we decided not to play the episode. It was kind of during the day. It was like, ah, oh, let's hold off. Let's see what happens. And then the decision was made. You know what? We don't want to promote them right now. 
this is obviously something we don't want to do and I as understand. a team. And, 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 like, and then I'm like, all right, well, you know, for the fans, we're going to come in midweek and do another show just so we don't miss out because it's not their fault that we accidentally interviewed a band that, right. you know, did some criminal activity beforehand. So right. we didn't want to, like, obviously we're late, but we didn't want to not give you guys a show. So uh, anyways, so let's break down some of the stuff on this story. And then I'm going to let um, then we're going to talk rape. All right. Guys, it's going to be a little wow. tough here. Um, <laughs> Again, the beginning of the weirdest episode yeah, of Sesame exactly. Street. <laughs> that was the weirdest precursor I've ever heard. <laughs> Let's talk rape. Yeah, rape. <laughs> Welcome to your first episode, Jocelyn. <laughs> We're talking the hard R today. Yeah. We're going to have man views and girl views. Oh, it's going to be great. Anyway, so uh, decapitated. Uh, man views and girl views. Women. Yeah, it's better. We can just call them opinions overall. <laughs> just overall Let's opinions. just call them opinions. <laughs> <laughs> just, we'll just have like both man, genders. We'll have man views and second class citizen views. <laughs> yeah. We'll get them. We'll see what they have to say. See how nervous I am speaking. I'm looking at Denny, the producer, so I don't fucking so I can get this out. You okay. fucking guys. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. okay. 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 I'm well, sorry. shut up. You, you wanted this, Pete. You wanted. Yeah. Yes, I wanted you laughter after it. I said we're going to talk rape. That's sorry. what I wanted. We're sorry. No, it was the enthusiasm you had yeah. when you said we're going to talk rape. We're not laughing rape. at the rape. We're laughing. At you. Yeah. Yeah. You basically <laughs> said rape and you clapped your hands together and rubbed yeah. them. You know what I mean? I see. Mr. Here's Burns. Yeah, I didn't do that, right. though. I didn't clap my hands and rub it. You keep doing it. Like I anyway, so here, let me, let me break it down. Story. Ready, guys? Okay. We're going we're gonna to change our tone okay. right now. Take okay, a deep okay. breath. No more laughter. No more laughter. It's we're going to have serious. to be serious. No more laughter. Got it. No more laughter. Okay. Decapitated. Kidnapping charge was broken out this weekend from Spokane, Washington. A, uh, a, a girl was on their bus, um, and then she was kidnapped. This is where it was Saturday. Come Tuesday... It was, uh, the charges were also gang rape. So the girl was obviously raped on their tour bus. So the way the story broke down that we know right now is after their show in the pen in Spokane, Washington, uh, two girls went on the bus. Um, the guys were being a little aggressive with them. One of them got off the bus. The other girl stayed on. In her statement, she said that she was, uh, every member of the band had sex with her in the, the, the bathroom of the bus, which if you guys have ever been in a bathroom of a bus or a trailer, it's like a two-by-two. Two. Yeah. It's such a small area. That's so a horrible place to rape. I mean, or have sex. Just oh. have sex. That's your sorry. issue yeah, with that's yeah. your issue. I think, I think the fact that you're looking for a good place to rape. Yeah, I, I fucked that up. Yeah, okay. you did Is a there a misogynist double-down button over mm. there? Well, that's the wrong show, girl. There's no double-down here. It's the wrong show. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so, <laughs> so obviously they're in a bad place to rape, as Brandon said. Oh, God. And uh, so anyways, this thanks, girl thanks was clarifying. No problem. So this girl, obviously, this is what happened to her. Her experience was she's looking in the mirror and she's seeing the guys kind of take turns on her. Oh, is she, uh, messed, is she uh, under the influence? Uh, we're going to assume that because her friend was pulled up. We're going to assume that. But like I said, that has not been reported. Her friend yeah. was pulled over. I believe I believe that I'm going to go ahead and just jump to conclusions. I'm going to say that was the case. Yes, and I would too. I would say that was the case. And then somewhere in the middle of it, she came to if again, if if it really happened, right. I'm just saying somewhere in the middle of it, she came to and she's like, what the fuck is going on? You well, know? I think because I didn't read anything about her being drugged or anything right. but what i did she read came on the bus to have drinks marks. yeah with she she came on the bus to have drinks with the band that was the intent that was offered to her and a friend her friend got pulled over for having a dui um so that same night? the same night um so we're assuming that's how it went down now so the four guys are arrested in uh, i believe santa Ana, california on the and the eighth or something like that i forgot the exact date I, I apologize so it's about a week after they're arrested for the kidnapping charges the reason 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe they have to charge him with kidnapping before they can charge him with rape. I don't know. So they're arrested. And then the stories come out when the guys talk to the, the four members of the band talk to the authorities, they all have different stories. Well, it's probably because they have the evidence to charge them with kidnapping. They have to continue processing the evidence for the rape before they can charge That's them. That's exactly what someone else told me. Yeah. And someone was like, no, no, they can charge them with kidnapping and immediately rape has to, you have to go through yeah. the process. Yeah. That's exactly what someone else told me, which could be true. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it sounds right to me. Right. So, so as this case progresses, like the kidnap, it's, it's possible the kidnapping charge will be dropped and the rape charges will be the main thing. It's, it's right. is what he was explaining to me. Because they are foreign. So, and that's another thing is like, it's hard for, for me, and then I'll let you guys jump in. It's hard for me to, um, and if you look at it, timing is everything with a lot of things, with a lot of trials, with a lot of things. OJ Simpson got off because of, uh, you know, something that happened earlier in LA at the time. A lot of things are weird. Right now in our culture, you know, being a foreigner committing crimes is not something. Oh, I know. Yeah. That yeah, is exactly. good to be. Now, yeah. if you get 12 peers in Spokane, Washington, and you just hear uh, foreigners, the name of the band is Decapitated. They are on the double homicide tour with Thy Art is Murder. Like, for someone in a jury just to get that sentence out, foreigners on this tour, gang rape, these guys are in a, in, in this climate, this is a very tough trial to. And I'm sure in small, like in those smaller cities and stuff, there's still that because in the '90s there was satanic panic where everyone was, you know, cr- like scared about sat- like any kind of occult crimes, which were later debunked. But still, like there's still satanic panic. So they see these words and they can own, they make the assumptions not knowing right, right. Yes. what it's actually about. Yeah, it's basically just judging a book by its cover. Right, and that's basically what happens. Right, and so that's the situation that these guys have put themselves into by. Whatever, whatever means of, of inviting these girls on the bus. Now, now we want to touch base on, obviously, the victims in this, everybody should respect as right. the women, right? People keep in this, for some reason, blaming the women. How? I don't know. In this situation, I definitely don't know. But that's, that's something that people keep doing in this society is that they're, they're keeping being like, oh, they're lying. Are you speaking in general? In general. Okay. And this is, that's, that's the one thing I'll never understand is, is a generalization of everything. When a, any kind of crime is a case-by-case basis. I know that there's always facts and these things that people have to study to kind of understand how things usually go. I get that. But every crime is a case-by-case basis. Yeah. It's not a generalized thing, yeah. you know? Um, people get different sentences for different things. People, a lot of different things. So in this situation, what you would have to prove to me, and even from what we know right now, and then I'll let you guys kind of jump in, is that some girl came on a bus, voluntarily wanted all the members of Decapitated to, you know, run a train on her in a two-by-two bathroom while she looked in a mirror and saw them in the back taking turns. She voluntarily wanted to do that by entering this bus. That's what you'd have to prove to me because I don't think that's something that people would ever volunteer for. That's what I'm trying to say. So if that's what happened... Yeah, we're going to bind you. Yes, well... And then we're going to rape you in this two-by-two room. Yeah, she wasn't... No leg room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no proof of, like, bounding, but she has bruises that show she was restrained. Yes, so so obviously, and, and then she has a witness of her friend who did leave, so... Um, Which doesn't look good, because if her friend left because she was uncomfortable. Yeah, so, and that's one thing that... Um, yeah, like, the one friend's like, I'm out of here. This mm-hmm. is feeling very rapey to me, and she bounced, yeah. and she took off, and then, she, I mean, she got a DUI. Right. But I mean, it's like, but then there's the not, and I, but honestly, and I agree how, with you. how, how do you think, but the who friend leaves feels? Their, how do you think the friend, oh, feels? she must feel so guilty. I she can't must imagine. Feel, she must either, she either a feels like, whoa, 
thank God I wasn't on that bus. Or it's like, thank God I wasn't on that bus. And then she gets busted no. for a DUI or she feels I'm to- sure horribly she feels guilty, guilty for her friend. Yeah. If she didn't, if she stayed on the bus, would this have happened to her? Yeah. Well, but that it, would, that would be my thought. Process. But I think again, likely though, not though. But then again, though, I will say this though. How many times have you disagreed with your friends and you're like, fine, fuck it. I'm going. Well, yeah, I'm oh, staying. I do and it all the happens. time. Yeah, yeah. Me and Pete do this girls, every time we guys, do go somewhere. Guys and girls are raised different. Girls are raised not to leave your friend. You're not to leave your friend, especially with dudes. I, I, all I'm That's saying what, is... Like, so it's like a different... But even if I'm pissed at her, I'm going to be like, we're fuck you. You're being a bitch. We're fucking going. Get in my car now. Right. Like, well, what if she doesn't? What if she wants to party with the band? Then I pick her up and I put her in my car. All right. See, and, that, and that, that's something that I think a lot of people would just be like, whatever, and yeah. walk away. Um, and that but might Jocelyn's have happened here. a true friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'll punch her friend in the face <laughs> and drag her to her car to avoid her friend that's getting raped. I mean, I, I, mean, just, that's I just mean, like, we're, women, we're raised not, like, on the buddy system. Right. Like, you know, like, you don't leave your friend. Like, especially with a dude. If you have bad feelings about a dude you're friends with, you don't leave. I, I can get behind that. You know, you hang. And especially in an environment that seemed to be very hostile for her before right. she left. But again, the blame isn't on her friend. No, it's, it's obviously. definitely no, the, still in the band. No, no, it's all on the band. But I'm, that, ju- I'm just speaking from the perspective the of that's yeah. how I would feel if I was her. But yes. then, and like I said, the trial will go through. And, and a, a lot of people always stand by that statement is like, let the, let the court proceedings decide what the truth is. And, yeah. and, and, and that's always fair because, like I said, both sides are presented fully where we just get clippets. We don't know. But like I said, it doesn't look good for them. And then that's another thing that I, I saw a lot of is like, why would these guys risk? They've been, they've been a band for 10 years. They've, they've been touring the world. Yeah. They are where they are. But the, the point is like, why would they risk everything and do something so obviously against the law? I think, you know, I think whatever, what always ends up happening in a situation of granted, I have never been, never, I've never been like me and a buddy tag team, a chick. I've never done that. I've never gone to a party where chicks sloppy drunk and I'm like, eh, let's do it. You know, I've just never, that's just something not I've never speed. done. It's just not my speed. Look, and if that's, and if that's what you're into and as long as it's consensual, then fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Touch tips with your friends. It's cool. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to do that. But the thing is, is when you're talking about something like this, like I think everybody, when they initially hear it, they go, that's wrong. But then I just think when it comes to sex, there are certain men out there that all of a sudden they just see this happening right before them and they just can't help themselves. They're just so they just let instinct take. But over. with with five guys in the room or four guys, four guys or, or and a bus drive and a bus drive with five guys in a room like nobody had the sense to be like. This is not consensual. Well, that's what I'm getting at. This that's is why, this is you guys taking advantage why, of someone that's obviously well, either scared or rather mind that's outnumbered that doesn't have a friend here. Nobody had that sense. There has to be something else because because rape is about fear and control and power. It's right. not about sex, so it's not like it'd be something where you'd be so turned on. But like, you know what though? But but every band though, every band that brings a chick onto the tour bus, I mean, every single time that's about power. It's like you know what you have this chick that's a fan. She's looking at you point. like you're a god. Mm. You know what I mean? But this right here is obviously taking it to another level. And something tells me, and here's a thing too, and Jaws and I have actually had a conversation about this where you say, um, where, you know, being a guy, we're just like, well, just say no. Just say no. It's so easy. Just say no. Tell them no. But the thing is, is maybe she didn't say no. Maybe she was scared out of her mind. Yeah. Or she want, or maybe, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to get these guys to not like me. And then after they drop her off, 
it hits her like, holy shit, I just got manipulated. Well, because in a lot of those, like, um, I'm kind of addicted to, like, those true crime shows on TV. In a lot of the I Survives where it's a sexual assault victim, they talk about the fact that they, they just stayed quiet and let themselves be assaulted because they were afraid for their life. You and know? I, 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 in, that, in, in that situation that she seemed to be in, that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like uh. you, you if, if it was me, you know, or any of us, and it was four against one or five against one, there'd be a part of you would be like, what do I need to sacrifice to get through this situation? Yeah. And, and like I said, for no, nobody in that room to step up and just stop and say, hey, obviously, part. that's the concern that obviously, hey, this, this is not a party atmosphere yeah. anymore. Like this is far from it. You guys, Dude. you guys are throwing away your entire lives. You're going to be in jail for a long time. This is like the fact that nobody had the sense to just be like, because if I was there, and, and, and I never liked doing that, but if I was there, I would like to think that I would be like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? Drunk yeah. or sober, I would like to think that. And that's, and that, I mean, sadly to say, I mean, nobody stepped up and this did that. Is, yeah, this is way sadder than me leaving the show. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know. way sadder. Truly. All right. Way truly. to bring it back around about you. Yes, make it around me. Make it about me. Well, we got to move on. We got to move on. We got a great interview with Mike Lassard from The Condorcianist. Like I said, new album is out uh, Friday, uh, The Clairvoyant. But before we do that, guys, I got to tell you about our sponsor and, and pretty much my favorite record label, Metal Blade Records, on October 6th. On October 6th. Friday, October 6th. I know it's coming out. The Black Dahlia Murder returns with their latest Jocelyn, album. be talented. Read this shit. For- <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Pete? Come on. On October 6th, the Black Dahlia Murder... Re- I'm going to wait till you stop laughing so I can get this ad out. Really? Go! All right. On October 6th, the Black Dahlia Murder returns with their latest album, Nightbringers. Featuring dynamic riffs that are both fresh and classic, the Black Dahlia Murder's Nightbringers is a collection of tracks that shifts through many moods and effortlessly incorporates various elements of extreme metal. Catch the band on tour this fall with Suffocation, Decrepit Birth, Necrot, and Warm Witch. Pre-order the album and get the tour dates at metalblade.com slash tbdm. Once again, Metalblade. Dot com slash TBDM. Me and Jocelyn will be going to the Black Dahlia show out here in Vegas. We will not miss it with suffocation, obviously. And, and, and this week, we also had n- more great Metal Blade news, and this is not on the advertising. The new Cannibal Corpse record is also coming out November 3rd, guys. Go. That, was a, that was a plug. That was a plug that was because a plug I'm excited. Straight, that was a plug straight from Pete's heart. Yes. Right there. <laughs> Go to metalsucks.net, look up Cannibal Corpse, look at the name of the track listings. It's, it's going to be an, another great Corpse record. So anyways, guys, without further ado, mark your calendars October 6th. Make sure you're pre-ordering Nightbringers right now, and let's talk to Mike Lassard from The Contortionist. This is Peter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am here with Mike Lassard, vocalist from The Contortionist. Um, how are you doing today, man? Doing great. Enjoying myself. Good, 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 man. Uh, your first record with the band, the previous record, The Language, it was a very brave record. And I seen not one, but many, like 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, like perfect record reviews. I mean, how does that, does, what kind of pressure does that put you on for this one? Are you just rolling in confident, like, oh, we know exactly what we're doing and people are going to dig this? Um, I mean, no, I mean, it feels good. We you know, anybody, you know, appreciates what you do for work, but, you know, we change our albums every, every time we, we do some pretty big change ups every album. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we just, we just do what we're going to do and hopefully people enjoy it, you know, because we, if we did, if we were to re-release language and 
retitled it something else. You know, the, the music industry's changed in the last three years. So, you know, we could put it back out and it could get, you know, one or five stars or, you know, whatever. So, you know, we just did what we were going to do. And, you know, we don't, we don't really expect people to think it's the greatest thing ever. We just hope that they do. <laughs> That's good. Now, what if there was, because like you said, you guys do have to make changes per record. It's kind of expected. Um, I think with most bands, but what if there was a backlash uh, from fans? Would you guys stick to what you, if you believe in the record, or would you reevaluate that uh, audience reaction? Uh, we just stick by it. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we tried hard to be if we abandoned our art because some people didn't like it. You know, um, it's it's just you know. I think the main the main thing we try to do is just make something that all six of us can agree upon. And, I mean, that's the hardest part in itself. And we feel like if all six of us can agree upon something, you know, there's got to be other people that enjoy it. Um, and if there's a backlash, there's a backlash, you know. It's just the nature of the beast when you're putting stuff out there for people to purchase and to judge. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. Now, what is the, 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 like on the road when you guys are all on tour? Like you said, there's six personalities, six guys. What's the hardest thing for you guys to, like, what small thing are you guys to come together to? Is it like, where are you going to stop to eat? If it's like someone wants to bring the dog to the road? I mean, what, what, is there anything that, like, between you guys, like, it's, it's just difficult for no reason when it comes to decision making on the road? I mean, most everything, just because we're all we're all very strong personalities, and we all we all think everything should be done different than the other person. Um, but that's why we bring a tour manager with us, so that way we don't have, we don't even have the option for any of us to choose. He he books all the hotels. He's got all the schedules planned out before we even leave. So you know. We we get a book. It tells us what time we got to wake up from the hotel and what time we're leaving, and you know, all that's pretty mapped out. But for the most part, we've we've been doing this for so long. I've been torn for twelve years now. The other guys have been torn for are probably eight or nine. And at a certain point, you just realize what battles aren't even worth trying to fight. So you know, it's not worth fighting over the auxiliary cable to who gets to pick the music. You know. Whoever's sitting in a certain spot, they get the rights to the to the radio and stuff like that. You know, you kind of find a working system, but you know that doesn't mean we don't argue. You spend, you know, six or seven months out on the road with anybody in the same exact space. You know, you're gonna find little things that annoy you. Oh, hundred, yeah, dude, I could, I couldn't imagine. Like, I think it, it takes the patience that it takes, especially with like six, twelve guys or, or girls or whatever. Uh, like to not be annoyed like all the time when you're missing home, when you're missing things. Like I, I, I don't know if I could pull it off. It's a special person that does. Um, but that tour manager, that mediator, I think that is probably very necessary for a lot of things. But that's a, that, 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 that's a funny thing you brought up is like who puts the music on. That would drive me crazy. That would drive me yeah, crazy. It's, it's, usually, it's, it's usually dictated by who's up front. Whoever is sitting next to the auxiliary cable, we let them dictate. Most of us have headphones in anyways, because nobody listens to the same music. You know, like, there's a few bands that we all, you know, kind of come together to listen to, but for the most part, nobody listens to the same music. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it's one of those things. Whoever's sitting up there, the driver and whoever else, they get to 
they get to pick what's on the radio, and everybody else usually has headphones in. Gotcha. Now, when when a band does kind of take that almost progressive rock sound or, or have that in their repertoire, th- that lets the musicians almost always pick up different instruments, do different things, do new things. You're like, your box is very wide. You know, for a vocalist, though, um, do you feel the same way? Or is there something very specific to the melodies, to the sound that you have to get to make sure that instrumentation doesn't get, like, blended in the back? Or, or is it exactly the same? Like, you can do whatever you want vocal styles. It's, it's a mixture of approaches. Um, there's, there's never one set way. Um, you know, and... I, I I dabble in other instruments as well, and as a singer, uh, I, over the years, I feel like I've, I've become better at becoming aware of what everything's doing. You know, what's the kick drum doing? What pulse is the hi hat doing? You know, is you know, there's something with the displaced rhythm. Maybe I should focus on that. And I'll, I mean, we spent the last year working on this album, so I've I've sang about every different melody I could possibly sing over every part to see which one I liked the best and eventually settled on whatever felt right at that given time. But, you know, for the most part, it's, it's a mixture of things. I write some of my melodies with guitar or I write them with piano. Cause I play guitar differently than I sing. I play piano differently than I play guitar. Um, and my, my options are limited based off my skill set with that instrument. So sometimes I write like that. Um, you know, I write some of the music as well, so that gives me some pretty good insight. Um, you know, so we're, we're all kind of aware of what everything's going, all the other stuff that's going on, and, you know, just kind of take a few different approaches. And sometimes I just, you know, I turn the song on and I sing what comes out, and sometimes the first thing that pops out is the best thing. You know, you try a million other things, and it just doesn't feel as right as what came out uh, instinctively. Yeah, I I think the instinct's always the way to go. So, and, and then one of the the producer for this record, the clairvoyant, same as the language was uh, was Jamie King. Um, how important mm-hmm. is he he to the sound? Um, and and how much did you guys learn from working in the studio with him? Because he is so uh, you know famous for what he's done with Between the Buried and Me and bands like that through the Eyes of the Dead. Um, but with you guys, he really seemed to put some touches in there on the last record and this one. That um, I don't know if it's the band or if you guys just trust him very much. Um, how important is he to that whole sound? Uh, I mean, he's very important. You know, these albums wouldn't be what they were without him. Um, and I think maybe the reason what he, what he brought out of us and what we brought out of him is just you know the chemistry between us. You know, we came in, and Jamie is very much a man who he wants the artist to see to have their vision and he wants to make it come, come to life for them. So we come in and, you know, we'll be like, we like this drum tone, you know, we like this snare from this album and this floor tone on this album sounds great. And, you know, the vocal tone here and, you know, I'd love to try this vocal tone here. And, you know, we're pulling up all these references and different albums from the nineties and eighties, and you know, modern albums. And, you know, Jamie just kind of sits there, he takes it all in and then, you know, he puts his spin on it and, you know, it's, it's great to have somebody like that because I've worked with people in the past who are so stubborn about they think, well, no, you just play your instrument and I'm going to give you my production. With Jamie, it's, you know, he's open to ideas and it's, it's never finished until it's finished and he's always willing to at least try something or change something. And this is my, 
this would have been my third album with Jamie. So I, I was in a previous band that had done an album with Jamie, and that's that's originally how we ended up going with him for language. Is you know he was somebody that I wanted to work with again, and I think what's awesome about Jamie is just the environment that he sets. He's he's such a such a humble and awesome human being that you know it's it's he's comforting to be around. He's creative. He's got one of the best ears I've ever been around, and you know there's no ego with him, so it makes working with a fucking pleasure that's that's all i hear about the guy i mean i've obviously never met him but yeah i've heard nothing but fantastic things so one thing about music that you know you guys do i think especially when i listen to the clairvoyant is like the entirety of the record it's 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 a piece like it's very hard to kind of split it up you know but when you guys have to do the live performances and say you only have like a 30 minute set um is that more of a challenge to draw the listener in if you guys are opening for a bigger act um, because you don't get to present the whole picture of the record? Or is it just something you guys have learned how to deal with and you know exactly how to, to make those performances stick? Uh, I mean, we have, a, we have a pretty good method now. Because, I mean, anytime you see us, we've never just done uh, all songs from one album. The only time we ever did that was my first tour with the band. Um, but most tours you come and see us, we play at least a song off every album. Uh, and we just, what we'll do is, you know, we'll sit down um, and we'll, we want to create a roller coaster ride for whoever's at the concert anyway. So we'll sit down, pick out, you know, first off, just pick songs that we like and everybody wants to play. And then we start to arrange them based off tuning. And then we actually write interludes and different musical pieces uh, every tour. So every tour you come and see us, we rearrange parts. We add. We write new pieces that'll never be played again after that tour, um, and we just kind of do it that way. So it's kind of a new creative process every time we get together to get ready for tour. So in some ways, it, it can be difficult because you have to do that every time. But I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing. A little hard work can't counteract in terms of trying to make it flow and make it, you know, one big piece when people come to see us live. Yeah, that's that's actually makes it really interesting though for people to come out and and get these little extra things. A lot of bands can't do that. They can't do the improv. Do you, is it kind of an improv when you guys do that, or is it more like, hey, we rehearse it to change this part? Uh, we add improv sections where it's basically like, all right, we're in this many bars and it's key. Uh, I'm I'm going to jam on vocals for a minute and I'll scat and you know reverb my vocals out, and then you know guitar will come in. Um, and we also have stuff that's rehearsed, you know, it's a composed piece and we kind of flow through it, but it, it really depends on how we're feeling. Like, like with our albums, when we, we never really know what we're going to do until we all get in a room and we just start, you know, we just start riffing ideas and the best one always, you know, is the one that we try to roll with, or at least what we think is the best idea. And that's usually how it comes to be. And, you know, has an improv ever gone wrong on stage where someone just goes, Oh. too far <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's that's the beauty of improv though yeah. is that you take that risk like anything that's a that's a big risk um it's a big reward you know when the improv section goes great it's the best feeling in the world when it goes bad you know you kind of you kind of kick it and beat yourself up about it but you know that's that's the nature of the beast and for me I love improv. It's something I wish I got to do a little bit more. Um, I get to do it in the studio a lot just because, 
you know, there'll be parts and I'll have stuff written for it. But then when I go in the studio, I try to forget all that and just jam through the part and I'll kind of improv all the different things that I'd mess with. Um, but growing up, my old band, they all went to school for jazz um, and had their jazz degrees. So I just go to the college because I work next door and I just go in the jam rooms and improv with all the jazz kids and do recitals with people. So I love that environment and it's something I hope we can bring more into our live show, honestly. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, like a lot of those, like you said, the jazz environment, the improv environment, like those live shows stick with you. Like I remember I saw a band, I'm trying to remember their name, I think it was called Banyan. And it was Stephen Perkins was the drummer from Jane's Addiction. And it was him, two other other guys, and and I want to say it was Mike Watt, but I'm not positive. And they were just improving the songs, but there wasn't a singer. It was just an artist, and he would do a painting. And by the end of the show, he would have this original paint from the songs that they were making on stage. And obviously oh, wow. this, this, you know, I think they did put out a record, um, if I recall, but I'm not sure. And uh, that experience, I want like more of, you know, but it's such a yeah. scary experience. Like you said, if it goes wrong, it would be horrible, you know, uh, especially for <laughs> established, you know, established guys that, you know, have a reputation and stuff like that. But, uh, but that risk, when I see people take risks like that, it just makes them so much more, interesting you know like without a safety net and um would you guys ever just improv some song like completely like in the studio record it and see what it turns out like do you guys ever do that or is it always kind of tinkering beforehand oh uh, i mean i wouldn't be surprised i mean we do it in rehearsal all the time yeah. you know someone will just start playing something and we'll just jam it's i mean i think as as people like songwriters that's just kind of how any song kind of happens you know, you just got to start tinkering around and then just start adding layers and stuff just starts happening. You know, because to me, songwriting is the most fascinating part of music and, and making a song and recording it and taking an idea and making it a, t- a tangible thing. That's the coolest thing to me in the world. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how that all starts. But I would love to do that. I, I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I think, I've, and for me, I think the key to improving. so, you know, you never hit the moment where it's just like everybody just stops playing and the crowd's staring at you like, what the hell just happened, is you, it's, you just learn how to fall, you know? You learn how to cover up those mistakes and play them off and roll with it, and you know? Because in improv, there's really no such thing as mistakes, you know? It's, it's just a transition. A bad note is a transition into something else. You roll with it. Because if you're hitting a bad note, you're only a half step away from the right one. So, but vocally though, your yeah. lyrics that that's going to be extremely hard to to kind of get out there in an improv. Yeah, setting, in right? some ways. I mean, yeah, in, in some ways. For me, I scat sometimes. Uh, you know, I do. You know, just yeah, I do a bit of scatting. Um, maybe I'll take a line and you know, I'll just I'll just start jamming on it, and I'll start you know I'll say the whole line and then I'll start saying a third of it and then switch back to the whole then a third then a half and you know and just start twisting and construing what I'm saying and then that's fun too yeah no it's, it's what uh what moment if I may ask I know this is going kind of back I know you've been touring for 12 years but do you remember what tour you were maybe on if it was with the contortionists or any other acts um that you were on tour with another band that you looked up to in a lot of ways and you realized that Hey, I'm not a fan anymore. I'm a peer. Do you remember what moment that was? 
Oh, for me, it was probably, I was in my old band, a band called Last Chance to Reason, and we were called Protest the Hero. Mm. Um, and Protest the Hero was a band I went to in high school, and, you know, it was, it was, there was a moment where I was hanging out with Rhodey, and it was, it was the first day of the tour, because Rhodey is the singer for Protest the Hero, is one of the most down-to-earth, just straightforward dudes you'll ever meet. The the first interaction I had with him, he just walks up and he goes, hey, man, my name's Rhodey. He didn't know who I was. I could have been the fucking door guy. And he comes up and starts chatting. And he goes, oh, you're in the band. Hey, thanks for doing the tour. And, we, you know, we're just chatting. And that's, you know, throughout the course of that tour, I just realized, you know, that was like the dawning moment where it's like, oh, you know, it's just people playing music. That's all it is, you know. The end of the day, it's just you know, it's people playing music, and everybody's capable of doing it. I think I think the biggest key to success is persistence and patience. You know, do you do you do yeah. that with uh, but, other bands now, like that are younger, that might look a little bit like deer in headlights? Do you walk up to them and just kind of like give them kind of like you know just a hello and 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 do that same approach? Yeah, I mean, I get I I try to be as nice to anybody, right. you know, because. To me, I mean, there's no reason not to be nice to people. You know, they're just they're just trying to get through their day like anybody else. Um, and when we take bands out on tour, I'm, I'm I always try to be as as supportive and comforting in terms of like, hey, there's only one dressing room tonight. You guys are more than welcome in it because I know what it's like being that band. You know, being the opening band and feeling you know not wanting to step on toes or feeling like you're getting in the way. Um, so I, tr- I try to do that as much as possible, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you got you got to treat people nicely because, you know, hopefully they treat you nicely as well. It takes more if effort you're a dick, not to. They'll be a dick back. Yeah. It, it, that's what What's I, that? it, it, it takes more effort not to. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, it, it, it takes a yeah. lot of effort to, to get ugly with people for no reason, you know? Yeah. And, there's, you know, there's people that that's just in their personality, whether it be their upbringing or whatever it is. You know, that's fine. You know, I don't hold that against somebody. I don't know what their deal is. And, you know, I can't judge them for, you know, whatever makes them an asshole. I'm not going to hang around them too much, but, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. You know? Yeah, they're infectious, dude. Just like positivity is infectious, negativity is infectious. Like, if I hang around a negative person, I, I start complaining about nothing. You know, that's one of the things oh. that I learned. But uh, it's so, yeah. and that's that's something I learned just just from releasing albums. You know, just uh, the when you first put something out, the wave of whether it be negativity or positivity. You know, because that I think some bands are even I guess bands coming up that are just getting used to putting stuff out and having people you know commentate on it. Um, it's it's one of those things where not always if it's negative, you know, it doesn't mean people don't like it. You know, it's those are just the people who are taking the time to leave a comment. You know, and it's one of those things I've just learned to just stay away from any of that craziness, the the craziness that is the World Wide Web when releasing material. Have Have you seen a movie called Patterson? The last Jim Jarmusch movie. I haven't. You haven't seen that? I highly, I, rec- I highly recommend it, man. It was like an epiphany moment for me. It's like one of those movies that kind of like re-show you how to live a little bit, you know, and how to treat people right yeah, yeah. and love. And um, I know it's not a very popular movie. I'm a huge Jarmusch. Like, I love Jim Jarmusch, the director. And uh, in that movie, it kind of has the most silent person, you know, uh, 
just taking in anything positive and, and sidestepping everything and everyone negative. And it just shows kind of a life, like you were saying, that just has joy. Small, simple joys because you stay away from the negativity. And, I, and what I learned from that, I was like, oh, yeah. And if everybody picks up their phone every day and looks at the news and looks at the – I mean, you have to be informed somewhat, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like any – or look at the comments in the section that are just hateful and hurtful. Like that is going to affect everybody around you that you care about because those things – there is no way around, I guess, not taking it in. Is, do you think there is a way? Do you think yeah. there, there's a positive way to be like, all right, no, I know that's negative and it, it affects me in no way, shape, or form, and I won't take that anywhere else? Or um, do you think we all just pretend that's how we are? Oh, yeah, it doesn't affect me. Um, I, I think it's a mixture. I mean, there's times where, you know, I'll, I'll read something. Uh, it'll bother me. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm on... I, I rarely get on Facebook. So it's like I have one, but I don't scroll through my news feed to see what people are posting. Um, you know, if I open it up and there's somebody on my news feed that's like, I don't know how I feel about the, or, you know, the new contortionist album isn't good, you know, what, whatever. To me, the, the thing that bothers me is not necessarily the comment. It's, it's the person going out of their way to add me on Facebook and then, you know, feel the right to go on like a, a campaign to try to, you know, get other people not interested in something that I work so hard on. That bothers me, but not to the point where, you know, it's going to ruin my day. And for me, I can't take somebody's opinion too seriously that I don't know and that doesn't affect my everyday life. You know, I can, the people that I see every day and that care about me and that do things for me and I do things for them, those are the people that I need to take their, their, uh, their insight into consideration. Anybody else, you know, they might have good opinions and good insight on it, and maybe they're right about their opinion. But you know, I can't, you know, I can't listen to it because it's, you know, it's too time-consuming to listen to everybody. And there's there's a lot of negative, there's a lot of positive. Um, you know, I appreciate when people come to me with positive feedback about an album, or you know, say it helped them and all that stuff. I try to give them as much of my time as I can. But with the negative stuff, yeah, if I don't know them. I don't take it too seriously. And, and, but I think I've noticed in a lot of families and a lot of like personal relationships, and I don't know if you've experienced this too though, but like the nicest, sweetest person from the outside is mean and cruel to the people they love, you know? But they're great to the outside yeah. word because they want that impression, right? And I, yeah. think, I think the opposite is the internet, really. You know, like I think those, the trolls are probably nice to people in real life because they don't want people to think yeah. they are the trolls, but on the outside they do that. So, that's where I'm always lost in the, the comment section, I guess. Like this person that's adds you as a friend, and that's technically what these people are supposed to be on Facebook, friends, you know? Yet they just want to get your attention. They just want to get a reaction from you, whether it be negative or positive, right? And so yeah. there's no truth to anything they're doing, but it, like I said, it can just subconsciously completely affect things. It's good that you, you can get it out of your system and not worry about it. I think a lot of people do struggle with that, especially in the arts, um, you know, um, because nobody knows how, you, like you said, it took a year for you to write this record. A year. You know, that's a long time, a lot of effort, right? And then someone to dismiss it yeah. with listening to one song or whatever people do these days. So it's just, I mean, I applaud every artist out there, man, for... Uh, for having to make art in this environment, you know? 
it wasn't like this, I think, years ago. But Oh, no, no. It's a, it's a crazy day and age. You know? yeah. But, yeah, it's one of those things, man. It's a, it's a jump on the internet. And, you know, if you let it get to you and you stop and stare at it for too long, you know, you'll get taken out. Yeah, I think so, a lot of bands get taken out, I think, by that, you know, amazingly enough. Yeah, so. I, I mean, it's easy, man. I, it's a blow to the ego to some people. But at the end of the day, too, you know, if you put a song out and somebody's dismissing your whole album before the album releases, and they're basing their opinion off, you know, whether it be a review that somebody else made, and they're not doing the investigative work themselves, that's a person I can't take seriously anyways. You know, so I can't. I can't truly value their opinion if they're not going and doing the research themselves or waiting to find out. And they're going on a campaign and just trying to, you know, drag us through the mud. That's, that's a person I can't respect and I can't take the word seriously. And that's so news today. That, that's the best way for me to justify it. Right. But that's how, that's how news is delivered to us most of the time. People that don't do the research, they just put it out there. They got to be first, right? And so we get these news oh, headlines yeah, and it's like, like you just said, you can't respect where it's coming from yet. It's, it's that's our information on the world. So is shutting off and just not paying attention to the world of really, really, truly viable option in 2017. You know, it's, 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 hard. it's, it's damn near impossible, but yeah. you know, I guess just trying to deflect as much of it as you can is really the best and only option. But you know, I, I spend most of my days, you know, I, I have very few, I make, I do, uh, I work on our music videos, I do our studio updates, so I'm very heavy into video work um, and writing music. I try to spend my days doing that, and if I'm not doing that, I have like a, you know, a, a dumb hobby on the side that can distract me when I'm not doing it, so I'm not getting sucked into that black hole. Do you mind if I ask what the hobby is? Um, so I've been into mixed martial arts for like eight or nine years now, something like that. Mm. So I've been doing kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and Muay Thai and all that stuff uh, for a very long time. So mostly fitness, running and stuff like that. The last however long, like I blew my back out last year. So since then, I've been a little little inactive, but I still love the sport and I follow it uh, quite often. And that's kind of like my stupid side thing that can keep, you know, keep me distracted, and I guess uh, oblivious and ignorant to everything else that's going on no, that's a great hobby to have i think i think following sports and yeah things that are yeah kind of people can get passionate about and and i mean there is nothing more glorious than competition man like especially from oh, like yeah. fair yeah, competition uh and then uh one more question first off let me just plug it one more time the clairvoyant guys comes out september 15th e1 good fight records out here uh fantastic record title track is uh i i gotta tell you man i just keep going back to it and back to it and back to it it's it's an amazing piece of work you guys did on on that track alone the record though is one of those things where i mean i say it all the time on this show and i know it's probably annoying people but it's like i really hope people sit down and listen to it its entirety not shuffle not just one song at a time it's definitely one of those records that it's it's worth the time and the trip from start to finish um, I say that all the time and I get people like stop it man that's not how people take music now like, really that's not how people take music <laughs> alright man we can shuffle we can shuffle forever but I don't think bands are out there writing just songs and you know certain genres so anyways uh, September 15th the clairvoyant guys don't miss that what do you think about that I mean do you disagree with me 
I think it really depends on the band and what their vision is. We definitely write albums to be listened to from front to back. Uh, and that's, that's the way the band's always written albums. We, we definitely like to make a linear story. I mean, there, there's some bands I feel like that, you know, just like to write good tunes. And those are bands that maybe could be listened to on shuffle. Uh, but even then, I feel like when they're putting their album together, they still think of like how, like if somebody listens to it from front to back, how it's going to flow, you know, which is why singles are kind of front loaded and stuff like that on an album. So I like to listen from front to back. Um, and it's, it's rare I listen to two, I mean, with the age of Spotify, I guess it's a little more often that people are making playlists and they don't really listen to a full album. They just take like a song or two. Mm. But for the most part, I listen to albums front to back. Yeah, that's that's um, that's the only way I, I that's the only way I feel I get to know if I like something, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe we're just old timers. Yeah, I, th- I think we're from that age because <laughs> I remember when I heard "Repentless" the song by Slayer, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And when I heard the album, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I still enjoyed it. I still <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it, but yeah, yeah. you know, that's it doesn't that's just, have the pizzazz of that one track. Yeah, and that's and then when it does have when the whole album has that, like you said, did you say zazz or pizzazz? Pizzazz, pizzazz. Yeah. all right. I want, I want to make sure I quote that right, not you know, the pizzazz of that <laughs> no worries, no worries. one song. Yeah, then, then it does, and I'm like, oh, they, they kind of tricked me. Like, you know you got it in you, but why didn't you give me some more of those? So, yeah, I've definitely got to be the album all the way through. So last question, man, no matter which band we're talking about here as well, what tour was the most difficult for you to get through and why? Say that one more. Oh, what tour? that you were on was the most difficult for you to get through and why? Oh, Lord. Um, I would say it's not even a long tour, but I guess if it's separated by the, I guess what you would consider a tour, we did a tour in Mexico. Mm. It, it wasn't long. It was like, it was like a week. Um, but it was after I had, filled in for the contortionist as, as just a fill-in for three months of touring after uh, at a week and a half notice. They, basically, the singer told me he was having a kid and he wasn't going to do the touring cycle that they had lined up. So they called me up. I came in and filled in, um, which later turned into a full-time thing. But I filled in for three months, came home for a week or two, went out with my other band, uh, Last Chance to Reason, in all that time, it had been sorted out that I was going to join the contortionist. Last chance to reason was uh, going to go on hiatus due to other members. And then I went into tour with BT Bam with the contortionist. And then we went straight to Australia between the barrier meets. And then uh, got home from that for a day. Got a call uh, from my good friend who was a tour manager for Protest the Hero. They asked if we could fill in because architects dropped off the tour. That was Thanksgiving Day. The next day, I flew out to Texas. The guys drove down and met me because I, I lived in Maine at the time. They lived in Indiana. So they drove down. I flew. We did that. The last show, we had to leave early, drove straight to the Chicago airport, flew to Mexico, and did Mexico. So it was like, it was an insane, like, seven or eight months of just nonstop touring. So by the time I hit Mexico, uh, from the jet lag from Australia to doing the protest the hero tour i couldn't sleep for more than 20 minutes at a time and i was just like just having all this crazy broken sleep and that was probably the most uh you know mentally 
disconnected I think I've ever felt in my life. And that sacrifice that you do for the fans, that's why you fans need to listen to the entire record right there. <laughs> that's a crazy that's a crazy tale, man. Wow. Because 19-hour flight back from Austria, yes. Uh, longer than that, because here's oh. the kicker with the Australia flight. Uh, so the label booked the flight, and for whatever reason, I guess, I mean, obviously money was the reason, it was cheaper to fly us from Chicago to Hong Kong. So we flew, we flew over the northern hemisphere to Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong down to Australia. So it wasn't like we went to L.A. and then Australia. So when we flew back, it was the same thing. We ended in Perth on that tour. So we had to fly to the, uh, to the eastern point of Australia, then from there to Hong Kong, and then from there to Chicago. From Chicago, I had to fly to Maine. I was home for a day and then had to fly to Houston, Texas, uh, right after Thanksgiving. And then from there, we you know, did the East Coast of Protest Hill for six days and then drove straight to Chicago. Our manager picked a van up for us, and then we flew down to Mexico, which, uh, mind you, my flight got messed up. So when I flew into Mexico, I didn't even know if they were going to be waiting for me at the airport. So. <laughs> <laughs> no hitchhiking in Mexico. That's that's right. That's a rule. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. That that was a that was an interesting moment in my life. Sitting at a Mexican airport, looking for somebody holding a contortionist sign. Oh man. Oh, that's that's my big fear to be marooned like somewhere where I, I don't know how to speak the language. Oh man, that that be that's something. But hey, that's that's a story, man. And that's and that's exciting. Though. Oh yeah. Even though after when it's all said and done, the fact that it's like I did it. I mean, the hard way, it's just, it, I don't know, man. I think that's always rewarding, personally, to be like, I can oh, persevere. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. yeah, and that's why at the end of the day, you know, people can say what they want. But, you know, uh, I'm doing what I love, and I do it the way I want to do it. If you put, in, I work, put in the work, and that's all you can do. Yep, if you put in the work, nobody can take it away from you, that's for sure. And uh, nobody can take away this album you guys wrote. Like I said, Clairvoyant, Endorsement, September 15th. Excellent record, guys. Do not miss um, this one at all, for sure. And, um, yeah, man, I want to thank you so much, Mike, for calling into the Metal Sucks, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. No problem.
All right. Jocelyn's laughing. I'm sorry. She's like, I'm just, I'm, she really likes I'm the contortionist. I'm very giggly right now. <laughs> One of the songs we played, her, she she loves. Yeah, okay. no, I actually love that band a lot. I do like the, I do like how they end their songs though. They got one of the, they got those songs where they go, where you think the song's over. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Wait, Return of the King. Back. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And yeah. then it slows down again. The fake out. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the songs they played, guys, both off the new record, Clairvoyant. The first one is Return to Earth. The second one is called Absolve. That's the one that Jaws loves here. I love so, that song. So that is it for this episode, the second episode this week of Metal Sucks, guys. Yeah. The, second the time. first one is gone forever. Oh, it's it's gone in the ether. So deja vu. Yeah, the second time Brennan had to say goodbye to you guys, but oh, us man. three will be here all next week, guys. Monday, we'll have that episode up for you as well. I do want to thank everyone for listening and, uh, and making my experience down here at, at Metal Sucks so, such a good experience. I, I, I'm very sad to be walking away, so I just want to... Oh, you're I'm not happy. We're going to miss you, man. There's no doubt about it. And these fools listening will miss you, too. And that's right. I call them fools. Ah, <laughs> very Mr. T. Shots fired. Yeah, all right. Shots fired. Who's that motherfucker calling us fool? That was Mr. T. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> Pete Pitty's a fool. Yeah. <laughs> Until we, next week, our friends, we will uh, talk to you then. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.